if you could give me a cheaper loan than I could get from my policy for something, I would take your money if, mm-hmm. if I'm okay with the terms. 100%. Your loan was a little bit higher, but I had an alternative opportunity that would give me way greater rate of return than a liability in a car. I would choose a higher interest rate for the ability to maintain control over my money because controlling capital, controlling my money is far more important than paying an interest rate. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, I am here with The Dominator and welcome to the show. And we're gonna be talking about life insurance cars. Should you use a life insurance loan to buy a car? What are the pros and cons? There are some people out there that say drive your retirement. There's other people out there that are writing books around how you can use overfunded life insurance to buy things like cars and how you can be better off. And my hope is someone can watch this and we're gonna do maybe a drawing to illustrate and it can really help you understand like, oh, this would be a good thing. This would not be a, a, a good thing. And you'll have a, a process on how you make a decision. And the premise around it of where it came from, I can appreciate. Yeah. Right. I can definitely appreciate when people are teaching that using life insurance to buy your vehicle can be a good thing. Right. But they're just not coming at it from a mathematical standpoint. Right. They're saying, all right, let's put our money into life insurance. So we don't lose the lost opportunity cost of our dollars. Yep. Right? That's first and most important. And then you also hear people say, well, you're going to pay yourself back in interest. And that's also not correct. And those are some of the myths that I want to debunk today is should you or should you not buy your vehicle with life insurance? Because there could be a time where it actually would make sense yeah. to do so for the right person. But I would say for a lot of people, it really doesn't make a ton of sense. So I think it would be good if we could show the, the yeah. viewers on the screen like when it would make sense, when it wouldn't make sense and be able to show different scenarios. So I first of all want to break down why it would make sense. And I'll do that while writing so you can see our screen. We're going to put Dom and I in the corner. And so here's the philosophy that a lot of people have. And I think it's I think it's pretty solid. So you have money and you have like person A, right? So this person right here is taking a dollar, putting and buying a car right here. And so this money's no longer in their control. They buy a car if they paid cash. And what we would say is they bought it with cash. They're not paying any interest, but they have this thing called LOC, lost opportunity costs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can say over 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years, this $10,000, $20,000, dollar car costs you a lot because once you lose a dollar, this dollar is never able to grow for you ever again. So lost opportunity cost is saying no to your dollar compounding. So what people are saying is, wait a second, what if we took a dollar and instead of putting it right into a car, what if we routed it or put it into a life insurance plan? You got lifetime compounding and you're going to buy a car. You're going to pay a little bit more in interest, but your money's going to continue to grow. You're paying interest to the insurance company. You're not paying it to yourself. So let's say this car over here is 30K and this car over here with interest is 35K. The difference is 30, 40 years, your money is continuing to grow and you have all the benefits of a compounding asset continuing to grow for you. All right. So so far, so good. So if I had to choose between this person and this person, number two would be like, okay, I understand the benefits of number two. And by the way, this is where people are saying like you can get wealthy buying cars. It is a more efficient place to use life insurance than cash. Here's what I think people are missing we're missing opportunity cost when we think about this. So number one, here's what I would say. Should this, we'll take person three. 
and we will say that they take the same dollar and put it into life insurance. And this person over here is saying, okay, should they buy the car or should they buy something else? And this something else really comes at the, what can you do with your time and money that could produce a profit? What asset activity could you do? Because you might give up a lot of liquidity and control, sink it into a car and have to say no to an opportunity that could get you a 10% rate of return. Or for me, I like just having liquidity of capital to be able to say yes. And for that choice to be able to say yes is really valuable to me. And the other thing that we need to measure is if money is sitting in an account over here and it costs 5% or 4% to access and you have a credit union over here saying, hey, we'll give a car loan for 1.5%. Why would you pay five if you could get it for one and a half? So there's a couple of things. There's the cost of capital but then there's also the cost of opportunity. I know I'm saying a lot, but what I find is I love when people are using life insurance and understanding how money's working, how it's flowing, lifetime value. I love that. But then we also turn off our brains. It's like we use that logic to get to the point where it's like, yeah, I think it's a good idea if we utilize life insurance as an and, but then we forget the cost of capital. So Dom, if you could give me a cheaper loan than I could get from my policy for something, I would take your money if, mm -hmm. if I'm okay with the terms. 100%. And let's say your loan was a little bit higher, but I had an alternative opportunity that would give me way greater rate of return than a liability in a car. I would choose a higher interest rate for the ability to maintain control over my money because controlling capital, controlling my money is far more important than paying an interest rate. Does that make sense? 100%. Maybe you can break that down a little bit more because again, I, if we can get this, if we can understand this, I think it can be total money. And before we end this episode, I want to actually break down how to make a decision of a car and how to just determine how you should pay for that car. Yeah. And I think everything's going to come, come back to the word that we like to say is it depends. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No, it really does depend in every person's scenario. It's going to be different. And that's why we've created essentially a cash flow ratio model where yep. we can determine if it makes sense or not, which is great, right? If we want to be able to determine that, we have a model, we can see it. But if we're looking at it just from a mathematical standpoint and we don't have that model in front of us, we can make an educated decision just to base around the fundamentals of money on what we should or can do based around what's currently going on and also our education and our knowledge and our ability to go produce. Because at the end of the day, if somebody has money in their bank account, yep. let's just say they have $10,000 in their bank account to buy and they have $10,000 in their and asset at the same time. The best case scenario would be take that $10,000 and go do something with it to be able to go get a higher you know, rate of return at 10, 12, 20%. If we can't store that somewhere else like in our life insurance, because we have already maxed out our life insurance policy. right? right. So in the next instance, it says, okay, with my life insurance policy, now what should I do? Should I take a loan to buy that car now that I've done something with the money in my bank account? Or should I get a loan from the bank? And it's all going to come down to what is going to be cheaper dollars at the end of the day because life insurance dollars is going to be 5%, right? Yep. Just, just in general. And if the money you're getting to borrow from your, your lender, quote unquote, from the dealership is 3%, well, yep. of course I want the 3%. But let's say you've had a bankruptcy, you've had some type of situation where you're getting to a yep. credit troubles. Well, if I go borrow money for my, my lender now, I may yeah. have 8 or 9% loan to borrow my car. Yeah. And it may be better to actually now use my life insurance That's policy right. to get a loan because it's now cheaper money officially. 
I'm going to break this down in a way that I think, like this is how I think, and I think this is how we're encouraging a lot of our clients to think when it comes to decisions. Number one decision you need to make when you're deciding on a car is what you're going to buy. You have to decide that before we mix with how. We get so romantic about, oh, this is how I can do it. You end up buying something that you maybe shouldn't. The second decision is how, okay? So the what is the things that you need to say, like, can you afford this? Should you buy this? Is it wise? What, how is this going to make you a better person? How is this going to get closer to living intentionally? All these questions that we hate to ask, right, are important. And it's like, should you buy this thing? And what you might find is like, oh, don't buy a new car because you lose a lot of value driving that off the lot. Or there's certain little hacks that are really important. And that's where I'm not like, I am a big fan of Dave Ramsey when it comes to like, don't buy something that you don't can't afford. I buy into that because a lot of people put their hope and trust and they put their identity in into a vehicle and it doesn't better their lives. So that's like the first thing is, what are you going to buy? And that has to be made as a, like, I don't care how you pay for it. What is the best thing for you to buy? And then when you decide that, then the question is how. So many people connect this together. The bank will say, oh, you can afford a $20,000 car. Maybe I could afford a $100,000 car. Does that mean I could at, like I should actually get that? No. Like the bank would give me a loan or people would say, yeah, you have the kind of money to do that. It'd be financially stupid for me to do that right now. And so it's the difference between you can versus like, what are you going to actually do? The next part is when you decide that, when you decide over buying that house, when you decide you're going to buy that car, when you decide you're going to do X, Y, or Z, then the next question is, what is the best way or how is the best way to purchase that? And it really comes down to a couple of things, cost of capital. And when I think of cost, think of long-term and short-term, okay? This is opportunity cost. There's a long-term effect to every decision you make, and there's a short-term effect. And so really the cost broken down into long-term and short-term, it's like, what is the most efficient way minimizing the true opportunity cost, what is the most efficient way for me to purchase this? And if we can get in this one-two punch, yeah, we can look at cost of capital and say, I could have another institution that, yes, this would be a traditional loan and all these things, I'm okay with that, I would like cheaper money. Or you might be able to say, man, I don't want another loan from an institution because of my credit, because I'm doing certain things. I can't tell you and say, oh, everyone needs to do this X, Y, or Z. Like, Be very careful on someone who's giving you financial advice across the board we have to really be able to make decisions. And it comes down to, should you do this thing? And if that's the case, what's the best, most efficient way to do that? Where life insurance comes in is that it creates the efficiency, but just by having it and taking a policy loan to buy a car that you may or may not be able to afford, there's potentially a long-term consequence of you giving up control over that money. And there might be a short-term cost, like a 4% where you could get a 2% loan. Does that make sense? 100%. How would you want to end this? This is the first time that you're watching a video like this. We very much want to help people unlock intentional living. We want you to take back control of your money. We don't want to be like this hype city when it comes to financial products. And so really understand how money works, understand how cash flow works. And the reason why we're showing up here is we get so many calls of people that read my book and that want to implement a strategy. And they're really, they want to do a strategy. And I love that they want to do this strategy, but then by implementing the strategy, they're making themselves worse off because you're trying to do something like, let me fund life insurance so I can buy a car. And we're like, you realize that that's not really going to make you wealthy. And that's what we just want. That's our public 
announcement. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the thing that's the most important to understand is that life insurance is made to be a foundational asset. That's right. Right. For you to, to get started with something that's safe, secure, have the ability to borrow against from the liquidity standpoint if needed. And that could be from emergency. Let's say you had no money in your bank account at all. And let's say you couldn't get any terms. And all you had left was your money in your policy to get a loan for or to buy a car. Yeah. Well, you need a car to drive to be able to go to work. So then in that instance, it can be something you use to get a vehicle. But from an optimal efficiency standpoint, my opinion, the best way to to purchase that vehicle would be take your money, put into life insurance, right? Yep. Borrow from a bank at as cheap as possible, you know, 2%, 3%, whatever cheap it is. Take your life insurance dollars, go put it in an asset that produces cash flow, take the cash flow and pay for that 2% loan from the lender. And that would be the optimal way to build wealth and to use your dollars of velocity and having it move and work for you. I think that's super well stated. I appreciate you so much. If you enjoy this channel, please give it a like. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So leave us a comment and thank you so much for subscribing. And if you haven't subscribed, you know who you are. Please do that. And we're creating weekly videos around helping you take back control of your money. And so thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.